This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report, online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And you can do so in so many ways, starting with Twitter, at Your Tech Report, facebook.com, slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our email address, contact yourtechreport.com. And that's going to be super important for this week's show. We're going to bring back a very cool segment called Ask Your Tech Report. An awesome show lined up. Before I get into that, let's welcome Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Mitchell, how are you feeling this week? I'm feeling great. And you already, you know, you stole my thunder yet again because I was going to say I'm so excited that we're bringing back Ask Your Tech Report because it's a great way for us to sort of interact with our listeners, whether you're listening on, you know, SiriusXM or on YouTube. So... I'm excited about that. I like when people ask us questions, and I like being able to answer and help people. That's We've got we lots, lots of questions we're going to answer, because we're also going to speak to our good friend Matt Whelan over at Linksys, all about their whole home full Wi-Fi, plus, of course, their brand-new gaming router. So if you're a gaming fan, you're going to want to pay attention. Plus, we're going to wrap up this week's show, not only with Ask Your Tech Report, but we're going to talk to Google for the first time on this show. They've, it's been a long time we've been going after them, all about their latest operating system, Android Oreo, plus all the cool hardware they've got, like Google Home. Yeah, I was gonna, that's another thing. I mean, I'm excited that Google now... Listen, Google has been in the software game for years. Starting off, of course, as a search engine, then getting into software and online services, and of course, hardware now. And I get kind of jazzed about that because, you know, was it Steve Jobs, I guess, said years ago, he quoted someone in the original, I think it was the original iPhone keynote saying, you know, if you make your own software, you need to make your own hardware as well, and vice versa. And Google is doing that, and they're making some really, really cool stuff. So uh, I'm excited to talk to him. So, Mitchell, this week, very cool stuff going on. Obviously, we saw the launch of iOS 11. We yes. saw that announced at Apple's keynote. We see, I mean, the Apple Watch Series 3. It's on my wrist. How does it look? Not bad. It, Not it bad. Looks, I, I like that little red digital crown. It looks very spiffy, my friend. It looks very good. Um, plus, of course, that iPhone 8. I mean, the iPhone 8 Plus right here. Take a look at this. Cool glass back. I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive into this stuff probably next week's show. I think I want to spend some time with obviously the products because it's hard to just give you you know first impressions, which we do obviously on YouTube and stuff like that. But I mean, you want to spend time with these products before you really dive into them, right? And it's it's not only just that we want to we like being able to spend time with stuff as Mark said before we give you our full opinion, rather just like a snap reaction. We like to live with stuff with our reviews for a while, but also Mark on last week's show we talked a lot about Apple's announcements, and we know there are a lot of people out there that are not Apple users. We want make sure we have something for everyone so to avoid getting too apple heavy in this show next week we are going to have our full reviews of the products and like you said more importantly ios 11 because whatever new products you have it's the software that drives them so i'm excited to share with our audience all about ios 11 next week plus we're also going to dive into belkin because belkin is one of the you know first two companies to have wireless charging capabilities and they've launched some cool products for the new iphone so we're going to talk to them next week as well mitchell you you know um, there was a story that that flew by my eyes and it stopped. I went immediately. I'm like, okay, this is so cool. Not for only what it does today and what they announced, but also for what's going to bring down the line when it comes to sports. And this is well, tell me because now I'm excited. So tell me, Nike has launched a whole line of NBA connected jerseys into the game. And what they are, there it's you know, obviously Nike's a new partner with the NBA, so right. they have these brand new jerseys across the league. But they've added an NFC chip in all the jerseys, so that you can, if you buy one of the jerseys, tap your phone on it and get information about your player, information about the league, information about everything that's going on in the sport. So I immediately think, my, my God, this is cool. You can unlock very cool experiences and engage the fan in a whole new way. But then I think about it from a different perspective, about watching the game from afar and being able to see almost like little icons above people's heads when you're actually at, actually at a sporting event. Well, this is exactly what we saw when uh, during MLB's demo 
uh, during Apple's keynote where they showed a baseball game and people can hold an iPhone or an iPad up to the field and you'd see the field with augmented reality overlaid on top of the players. You'd see all of their stats, a little arrow, the tracks, and this is the same thing because they'd have to embed that technology somehow into the uniform and this is absolutely brilliant. For people that don't want it, they don't have to use it. There are a lot of old school f- yeah, fans that say, I don't want any part of this, but if you're into statistics or you just want to follow the game and you want to engage a younger fan that's used to engaging life with their smart device, for better or for worse, this is a great way to do it. I love the idea if I go to a hockey game, hold my phone up, and I can see, oh, this guy's on the power play. What kind of, how does he do on the power play? It's really, really cool. And it really, like you said, it scratches the surface of possibilities that we've yet to even see using AR, using augmented reality in every sort of situation. Nike's going to be embedding this not only in their original jerseys, the authentic ones that are going to be $200, but the Swingman replica jerseys, which are $110, are going to have different uh, different technology in there as well. You'll be able to download playlists and things that are relative to the player, which is really cool. The other thing that, that happened this week is the PGA Tour announced that they're tapping Intel to provide VR coverage of six upcoming tournaments. Okay. Okay, this is kind of blowing my mind because when we started talking about Oculus and all, all sorts of virtual reality, uh, we said one of the coolest things that we thought about both, you know, AR, you know, and VR is, wouldn't it be great to be at an event virtually? If you couldn't get a ticket to your favorite concert, your favorite sporting event, wouldn't it be great to have a have a bird's eye seat right there? And Mark, this is what we're talking about, right? You'd be able to watch a tournament from actually from a, from players' perspective, this, right? This takes advantage of Intel's true VR technology, which gives you. Panoramic views, stereoscopic camera views, uh, access for the competition from a whole whole range of natural views as if you were actually sitting there on the green. I, I love this because for a lot of us, some of our favorite teams, players, sports are not in our local market. People live all over the world and have, you know, fit teams or you know, athletes they follow all over the world. Now you can be there virtually if you can't be there in person. I think this is going to change the way we experience, you know, everything for our lifetime. Brilliant. It's going to be available also on, on Twitter feeds, on Facebook feeds, so you can actually pan the camera left and right. Plus, if you've got a Samsung, obviously, Gear VR, you'll be able to slap that headset on, which is really, really cool. Uh, the other thing that happened this week, Waze announced integration with Spotify directly into its iOS app. Now, Waze is owned by Google. It's, uh, I think, one of the most popular crowdsourcing traffic services that exists out there. I mean, it's my go-to navigation app. We've had them on the show several times. Now they're starting to integrate third-party services within the apps itself, so you don't have to leave the app to access your Spotify list, which is kind of cool. And on the same kind of topic with Waze is this week they announced that a couple of new cities are now on board sharing traffic data with Waze to ease traffic congestion in the city. So we see more municipalities and, and local areas working with Waze to help alleviate traffic. Well, they know that, of course, crowdsourcing is the best way in real time to give to give users and drivers information. The only thing that I haven't heard yet, Mark, and I know when we when we had the interviews on the air, but they they sort of alluded to it, but we never got true information. I know what you're saying. No word. On, I know no word on CarPlay yet. Correct? Because no. I still would like to integrate my Waze experience into the head unit of my car without having to look at my phone or mount my phone somewhere. So I need it to be on CarPlay, Mark. Make you have connections. Make this Mom, happen. You know, mum's the word on that stuff. They will not answer that question every I know time I try to ask. Even off the record, they want, and I think it's because they're they're a Google property. But you know what? They have to realize the uh, the value there, and it is available on Android Auto, and it's actually it's it's quite stellar on Android Auto, which is really really cool. It is your tech report, Mark Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you at your tech report on Twitter, Facebook.com slash your tech report, and of course, contact your tech report.com. Get that email address handy because you can ask your tech report. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Matt Whelan from Linksys. There's more your tech report after this. This is your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. As always, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report. Don't forget our website, Mitchell, your tech report.com for all our latest interviews and show episodes, etc. etc. Now, Mitchell, uh, it yes. seems like so long ago that we had CES 2017, the 2017 edition of CES. Yeah, too long, yes. And, and as we do post-CES and actually pre-CES this year, I got a preview of some really cool stuff from our good friends over at Linksys. So I figured it's been long enough that we've spoken to Matt Whelan, and we want to welcome him back to your tech report. Matt, welcome back. It's so so nice to hear your lovely voice. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate that. 
Oh, we, we, we always love having you on the show. And, it, it, and I, well, you know, I, Matt, I know we brought this up before. I know I've mentioned this before, but I think, you know, considering what we're going to be talking about today and the scheme of technology and the web and all things Internet, it, it, it you know, begs bringing up again. It's no secret we live in a digital world. People are consuming their media digitally now more than ever, and that's only going to increase. How does it feel from your perspective? And I know I've asked you this before, but I have to ask again. In the, in the past, products like wireless routers and routers, these are things that have lived in the background. Now we're entering an age where not only are people really well-informed and connected to their devices, no pun intended, but people are actually excited when new routers, when new routers for gamers, for businesses, when they come out, people are genuinely excited about products that used to live in the background. From your perspective, from a company perspective, how exciting is that now? Yeah, you couldn't be more accurate, accurate in that assessment. You know, a lot of times people think of this, they had the router hidden away. It was this uh, big black monstrosity with a bunch of antennas that looked a little awkward out in the open, and, and people were a little bit shy. And that oftentimes I heard from people when what happened, the router stopped working, and complaints started coming from the household, the Wi-Fi's down, I can't stream, it's too slow, there's buffering. And it, it was, you know, the, the, a lot of times people describe it as they're slumming. Until it stops working... Um, everything's okay, but the minute it stops, all hell breaks loose, right? So um, th- that's absolutely kind of the mentality we've had, too, and we started looking at this and saying, listen, there's a lot of folks that are looking for upgrades. The timing is good, uh, whether it is a whole home Wi-Fi system, whether it's a specific router, whether it's a router at a certain budget or price point that they're looking for. They're coming into the stores. They're asking the questions. They're realizing that maybe the router or the gateway that they've got from their service provider today is not meeting their needs. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been nothing short of fantastic. And we're seeing the market build, right, month over month. Um, the, the market is absolutely trending that way to, to say that people need new routers, need new equipment. They've got more devices. They've got faster Wi-Fi at home. And if they can't keep up, they come and get something new. And that's, on, and that's not all, because you just touched on something. A lot of times when people, they get Internet service providers, and they, they're provisioned for a certain speed. What they don't realize is that speed is an average. It could be much lower, maybe slightly higher. So maximizing the speed that you are supposed to get from your provider becomes a huge deal. And that's where products like, you know, the, the Linksys routers that are out there maximize that, you know, the connection that you already have. That becomes very important because not all bandwidth is created equal, even if you're supposed to be getting the same speed as your neighbor or friend across town right yeah absolutely and a lot of folks have said that to us too they they know they're paying for a 100 meg service or they're paying for 500 meg service and for whatever reason they don't feel like they're getting that speed when they're working wirelessly in their home office or they're trying to transfer a file from one pc to another or stream some hd content and and we know a lot of times they, they may get that speed from a wired modem or a wired gateway when they're you know directly connected to it but let's face it Every one of the devices in my home, with the exception of maybe three or four, are all Wi-Fi based. They're all wireless. They're mobile. They're moving from one space to another. So I want to make sure if I'm paying for 100 meg service or 500 meg service that I am getting the fastest possible speeds wirelessly. And that's when a new router or a new whole home Wi-Fi system becomes so much more important. Um, and, and looking at the speeds, you know, we talked a few years ago, and maybe some of the times, you know, we've talked in the past. We were at AC 1900 or AC 1750. Now you think about it, I'm at AC 6000, AC 5400, <laughs> AC 3200. So the speeds just keep getting faster and faster, which means what? Better performance on your network for the customer as well. You know, Matt, we're bringing back a segment on this week's show called Ask Your Tech Report, where we, we field various you know questions from our listeners. And one of the questions was, is it normal that wireless speed is never 100% accurate, an accurate representation of your actual ISP speed? So I figured, let me throw that question at you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, you know, it's funny. I was just looking at a video this morning that talked a lot about that. And they were, you know, there's a few things you've got to consider, right? If you live in a 1950s home that was built out of brick and heavy materials and plaster, we know that some of the materials do not pass Wi-Fi signals as easy as others. I could bore listeners with a physics lesson as to how the radio waves and patterns work of Wi-Fi, but let's just assume most people will think and look around their homes and say, okay, you're right, maybe there is some restrictions on the materials in my home. Stuff like cordless phones and microwaves, also working on 2.4, all of a sudden those things all turn on and guess what happens to your Wi-Fi? It slows down the number of devices, the way your house is laid out. So yeah, there's a lot of considerations where people would look at it and say, 
it, it should be faster. I, I think it should be faster, but um, it's just environmentally what's happening in your home, the devices that are there, how many other networks are available. I was, you know, good example. I was downtown Toronto last week and I uh, happened to open my phone and look at Wi-Fi networks available to me. And on my iPhone, the list was so long I had to scroll. Whereas in my rural neighborhood, I see three or four available to me. I saw at least 15 to 20 and that wasn't even the end of the list. So those things are all can, can all certainly affect the speed of the Wi-Fi that you're getting. So, so Matt, we talked about Velip and obviously the success of that whole home platform. And I, I must tell you that I recommend it to absolutely every single person who's probably not too tech savvy, who has problems at home. And, and let's let's talk about that for a couple of seconds. On the software side, Velip is constantly evolving. So where are we at today? Yeah, and that's a great point. One of the things we looked at with Velp is we said, listen, we're going to build best-in-class hardware. We're going to make sure this is a tri-band solution. Some of the other solutions that are out there, your listeners may know, are only dual-band, and there's some limitations there. So let's build the best-in-class hardware, and then how do we continue to evolve this? We do it through software. So a few of the things we've done since the last time I was on with you guys is some small things. What we heard from a lot of the customers, and this is us going to the app reviews and reading it. This is us going on the sites and, and, and seeing what people are having to say about our application. What were they looking for? What do they want? One of the first things they wanted was our parental control feature down to the hour and the device level. Previous, we were only able to do it on a daily basis, so you would have been able to say, you know, my iPhone would be turned off from Monday at 9 p.m. to Tuesday at 9 p.m. Now I can get down to that device level and say this hour, this hour, and this hour, that device is turned off and it has no access to the Wi-Fi. So evolving the parental controls was a big one. Another one was the web-based UI. Some folks are comfortable using their, their mobile, their, their, their cell phone, or their tablet to do this type of stuff. Some people still like the old school 192.168 and going in and logging into the router from a web UI. So we brought back the web UI to our Velop system where you can get some additional control. And then the last thing was we added access point mode. And why would people want that? I've got a great gateway from my service provider, whether it's a Comcast or whether it's a Telus or um, any one of the service providers. And I'm okay with that, but I just need better Wi-Fi coverage. So what happens is a lot of times, now I've got two distinct separate networks with different IP addresses that can't talk to one another. So by enabling through software our access point mode, I can now bring my Velop Wi-Fi together with my gateway Wi-Fi that's provided to me from that box from my service provider and all my files, all my content, my movies, my photos, my videos, my music, I can stream between the two different networks that exist in my home. So again, more to come. Uh, more uh, software will continue to evolve on this product. And, and again, just as we read and see and listen and learn what people are looking for from Velop and from our MaxStream products, we can do that through uh, the links of that. Okay, okay, Matt. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to take this. It's still in the product lineup, but I'm taking this in a slightly different direction because, you know, I'm a gamer. You know, we've talked about this before. I'm a, I'm a PC gamer. I've used my Linksys routers in the past, and you guys came out with a – there's no there's no other way to put it, but a beast of a router, of a wireless router for gamers, the WRT32X. Uh, let's talk about this router because this is something that, even if you're not gaming, if you just want the best performance, this thing is an absolute monster. You couldn't have said it any better. I've uh, heard a lot of different terminology in terms of what people have called this thing. And our product manager that designed this from the ground up, he said, listen, there is a massive group of folks out there that loves to game, and they just don't trust the Wi-Fi on their Wi-Fi router today. They feel like wired is the only way to go. There's no true gaming router in the market. So what did we do? Uh, our, our PM really took this to task and said, we are going to design a specific gaming router, and that's what we did with the WRT32X. And it would have been one thing for us to say, like, this, hey, this is a gaming router, and, and there are others that are out there that do this and say, hey, this is a gaming router, and this is going to give you the best speed, the best network experience, but that's just us saying it. So what we did is we took a little bit of a different approach. We said, let's validate this gaming router and make it sure that it's got the best performance possible by partnering with the leader in the market space, and that's the guys over at Killer Networking. So through software with our killer networking, we can ensure that the moment that you've got a killer PC, which is made by some huge names, MSI, Gigabyte, Alienware, um, uh, the, the big market players in the gaming space today, the minute that our router, the WRT32X, recognizes one of those PCs that has killer built into it, guess what goes to the top of the list in terms of priority? Your gaming. Above all else, above video chat, above 
transferring files, above, you know, voice calls, anything else that might be happening on your network gets deprioritized. So gaming stays top of the list, reduces ping rate, all those great things um, that you would expect from, you know, a, a typical gameplay from wired, but now over wireless. And this is a big deal, and I know there are people out there that <clears throat> maybe not be well-facile with the terminology. They see MU-MIMO, they see all these numbers, and some of our listeners just, they don't understand or they're intimidated by this. But to put it in layman's terms, I mean, a lot of people, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Matt, a lot of people have households with wireless connection, wireless connectivity, but it's not a household of one person. You have an entire family. Maybe one person is a gamer. Like you said, one person is doing video chat with family. Another person is surfing the web for school or, or video or Netflix or YouTube, whatever it is. If you are a gamer, though, and you want that bandwidth directed to you and you don't have to worry about losing bandwidth, this this helps in that respect, correct? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So it'll look at all the different types of traffic that's going over your networking. You do not need an engineering degree to figure this out. I am not the engineer in my family. Uh, right. My wife's a lot smarter than I am and probably would figure it out before I would. But even installing this router and having an MSI desktop, I was able to see that, hey, it looked at this desktop network traffic and it said, this is going to be the fastest. So the minute I started my game, I went to the top of the list. My network speed, everything was prioritized to me. My kids were playing on their iPads. Guess what? They got a little bit of a downgrade, but never really <laughs> see, never really noticeable to them, just noticeable to me to say my, my ping rates are that much lower. My gaming performance is that much better. So, Matt, tell me something. You know, from a, an average kind of person perspective, uh, I go out and buy this router. How quickly am I going to notice a difference? Depending on where you're coming, it's a great question. Depending on where you're coming from, you may notice something right away. If you're someone that hasn't upgraded in two, three years, and you're still running on end technology, yet you've gone out and upgraded your laptop, you've upgraded your smart TV, you've upgraded all the mobile phones in your house, maybe a couple of the tablets over the last couple of years, all of those have AC technology built into it, yet you're running it on an old router. So you will absolutely see an immediate upgrade. And, and I've had a lot of folks come to me and say, wow, I, I didn't realize these speeds were achievable until I set up this new router. And if the if gaming router is not something you're after, or if the available home Wi-Fi system is not something you're after, there's a lot of other great AC routers that exist in the marketplace from Linksys and other providers that uh, maybe, you know, fit someone's budgets or needs a lot better. I say to folks all the time, would I sell my grandmother who has one tablet and just checks the email and checks her bank account once every three days, a gaming router or develop whole home Wi-Fi system? Absolutely not. For her, maybe it's something in our MaxStream family where on a budget for $99 would be more than adequate, but keeping up to the speed that she's paying for from her service provider. So, Matt, tell me something. Uh, you know, obviously, if you have a device that has killer networking built in, this is going to marry well with that router. But what about to those that don't necessarily have killer networking built in? Does the prioritization still work the same way in terms of giving your gaming the priority? or Does it really need to have the killer to talk to each other? Yeah, so first and foremost, if you've got a killer-enabled PC, that's what it's going to go out and look for. But we know that we can identify traffic over a PS4 and Xbox also as gaming traffic and prioritize that to the top of the list as well. So if you think of this as purely a gaming router, whether it's the console side or whether it's the desktop PC side, at the end of the day, that's where the number one priority goes. After that falls in line, stuff like video and interactive videos streaming wider, other Wi-Fi devices, and then down at the bottom, we would just put large downloads, right? Because typically that's not a priority for folks. They just kind of set it and forget it mentality, yeah. and then they come back to it later, and there's their download ready to go. So absolutely, killer would be our, our first way of recognizing the traffic, but also console on the, on the opposite side of that to say, hey, I'm in the middle of an online game with some of my friends, and uh, it happens to be on my PS4. Well, guess what? You're at the top of the list on the network. But, you know, this is going to be a hot topic for a lot of people because we've got the, the new Xbox coming out in about a month from now. We've got the, the new Apple TV 4K, which is, um, by the time you're listening to this interview, is already available. So a lot of people are going to be looking at their network when expectations aren't necessarily met with their video or their 4K content. And they're going to say, how do I fix this? Yeah, and that's, you know, 100% what we're after, right? And, and I would say, in terms of the gaming side of things, the WRT32X fits, fits incredibly well with the, the console and the PC gaming mentality. If it's a family with a lot of connected devices that needs the simplicity of just managing the network in terms of getting it up and running without 
you know, an engineering degree and four hours of offline and kids screaming in their ear that the Wi-Fi is not working, Velop is absolutely the system for them. And then if it's someone that just has limited devices, not a, not a great need for a ton of coverage, then some of the other Maxstream products that Linksys makes would, you know, be perfectly suited for that type of scenario as well. Well, if you're listening to this, and we hope you're listening to this because we have a lot of people, a lot of listeners that are way into the whole world of all things wireless and internet and having a good router is at the heart of this. We've used the Velop. We couldn't recommend it higher. We are waiting to get our hands on, hint, hint, Matt. We are still waiting to get our WRT32X so I can do my gaming. My Overwatch needs this performance. And Matt, the great thing about you guys, the great thing about Lynx is you guys are always coming out with new products, either new hardware, updating existing hardware with new software to enhance performance so we're always going to have new things to talk about and you have to promise that you're going to come back when the next cool thing that has mark and i drooling uh comes out from link says you have to be here to tell us all about it i will make the promise today to the listeners and both of you that i will absolutely be back to talk about the next thing we got ready to go matt whelan thank you so much for joining us from link says still to come follow us online it is at your tech report on twitter facebook.com slash your tech report and of course our youtube channel youtube.com slash your tech report there's more your tech report after this this is your tech report now time for ask your tech report and you can join in on the fun go to twitter it's at your tech report facebook.com slash your tech report our email address is contact at your tech report.com what is ask your tech report about mitchell well it's an opportunity for us to engage our listeners engage our viewers on youtube and uh, answer some questions some of those burning questions that have been in your pocket and you want to get get them off your chest exactly i mean to me that that that's the biggest part of it because it's an opportunity for our listeners that have questions to ask us and uh, we can share some of our information it might not always be you know well you know what i'm not going to say anything more because uh, you'll see what i think with some of the questions that we have lined up and some of the answers we have for those questions it might not always be as easy as you think on the surface to answer some of these but we're always going to do our best let's start with a question that came to you mitchell whitfield Uh, who's it from uh, it is from, uh, the username is Yep, I Said It, and that's one word, which I actually <laughs> okay. think is very funny. Nice. That's a great username, by the way. Uh, okay, and here's the here's the, sort of the question. Exciting time to be looking for a smartphone. Also kind of confusing. <laughs> what do you recommend? Okay, now, the reason I picked this as one of the questions is because we get this, we get asked a lot to recommend a, and then fill in the blank, smartphone, speaker, uh, tablet, computer, Smartphone's very tricky. Yes, yes, uh, yep, I said it. It is a very exciting time right now. All, all the, most of the new smartphones have been announced. A lot of them have already come out. Some of them, you know, iPhone 10, we're talking to you, have not come out yet. Uh, what would we recommend? This is not as easy a question as you might think, because what we, what we would recommend uh, has, has things that are tied to it. Things like, how are you going to use the device? What do you need in a smartphone? What are you looking for? Budget, are you an yeah. early adopter? How much money do you have? So it's very hard to make a recommendation that encompasses all users and all people that use smartphones because everyone's needs and everyone's budget is different. So that being said, first of all, we haven't gotten our hands on the iPhone 10 yet. Uh, we are just starting to use the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, so we're going to hold off on that a little bit as well and go with basically what we have so far. And for me, what I have to tell you is there are different phones that address different things. For example, if you said, what smartphone has the best camera well for me that would be the you know the google pixel or pixel x xl that's in my experience it iphone was close samsung devices are close but the google to me still has the best camera best screen mark best screen goes hands down to me galaxy s8 and s8 plus and the note so you know what are you what are you thinking i i also find that there are people that want to uh, constantly evolve and want to change the way they use their phone and that's why i go with the moto line of phones with the moto mods because you can add things like the hasselblad camera and the pico projector and that's speaker without breaking the bank. So for those people, I recommend the Moto side. And also, I mean, again, it comes down to how much money you're going to spend. Which ecosystem do you want to go? Do you want to go into Android? Do you want to go into iOS? Because for a lot of people, if you want the simplest experience, I still think if you knew nothing and you were getting into a smartphone for the first time, the simplest experience, in my opinion, is still with an iOS device, just the way that it's laid out. I know you can't do as much on the back end in terms of customization that you can do with an Android phone, but still, for simplicity, for ease of use, it has to be an iPhone. So I know this isn't exactly 
exactly the answer that you wanted. Yep, I said it. But there are so many different devices out there. You know what I didn't include, Mark, as well? If you want a phone that ergonomically in your hand works the way that a phone should, that to me would be the LG line of phones. They put the, they put the fingerprint reader in the correct spot. They put the buttons in the right spot so you can't accidentally press them in your pocket or in your purse, wherever you're carrying it. So there are different answers based on what your needs are. I will tell you, my personal daily driver is the iPhone uh, 7 Plus. I also have been enjoying the heck out of the Galaxy S8. And, uh, you know, we've had the, the the LG phones we've been using, the Motorola phones. They all have great features that I enjoy. My daily driver is the iPhone 7 Plus. And, uh, yeah, so there's the answer. As, as convoluted as it was, there are there are too many phones that are great out there to pin down just one. Mitchell, I have a, I have an email here from Jason R. We'll, we'll hold his last name for privacy purposes. Of course. He of goes, course. I'm, a, I'm a T-Mobile customer, and I want to get the new Apple Watch, but I travel a lot for business. Will it work when I head into Canada? So I figured, okay, why did I pick this question? Because there's been a lot of talk about the Apple Watch and whether or not it'll work cross borders. There is actually a report that says the Apple Watch, because the LTE chip is so small, it's limited in bands. So if you buy one in Canada or you buy the one in the US or you buy one in Europe, it's going to support the different bands in different areas. So I reached out for this question in particular. I reached out to T-Mobile Help, and they're actually available on Twitter at T-Mobile Help, and they're quite responsive. And I said, will the Apple Watch plans on T-Mobile follow the same roaming rules as the phones? And they said, absolutely, it's a great question, and we want you to know that you're going to be comfortable traveling abroad. Your Apple Watch Series 3 will have data paired with its line and will share all the similarities in terms of roaming as your usual voice and data lines. So this means that you can use that device, whether you're traveling to Canada or Mexico, if you're a T-Mobile customer. Now, I do urge you to check with your carriers because every carrier has different rules about roaming. I know that, for example, when I travel into the U.S., I have an add-on that's up to 50 what's um, called Roam Like Home, and it's going to extend to the Apple Watch. So if you're in Europe and you're traveling, and you're in Canada, you're traveling, you're in the U.S., you're traveling, check with your carrier first, figure out what you can and can't do, because you do not want to be surprised by bills that are absolutely enormous. And here's the thing. I think, you know, Apple had come out and I think there was Apple's original announcement that said there were going to be issues. It's these phone, these watches are designed to work in your own country. I think the reason they probably said that, Mark, and of course, T-Mobile and, and, you know, assuring their customers that they will be able to travel in Rome and get the same, basically the same coverage that they get with their smartphone. I think the reason Apple has to make a blanket statement like it can only work in your country is there are going to be certain cases where it will only work in your country, where it won't roam, depending, like you said, on your carrier. So not every carrier is going to support roaming. So legally, Apple has to cover themselves and say, hey, it, it's meant it's designed to work in your own country. I think it's a per carrier thing. Nice to know that T-Mobile and probably uh, AT&T will follow suit. But, you know, they, legally, Apple has to say it won't because it has to work for everybody in order for them to say that it works. On to your next question, which is from whom? Okay, this is from uh, username BuzzBlank. Uh, Mitchell, I, li- I like when they make it to me. I don't mean to be selfish, boy, Mark. But I bet you I can I, tell by the game, the name, the names that it's almost like a gamer tag. Bet you this uh, is about gaming. <laughs> you know, you know what? I think you can tell by the uh, the smile on my face that it, res- it involves gaming. It's I'm, I'd be terrible at poker. I would lose my pants. You know. <laughs> okay, uh, Mitchell. Yes, BuzzBlank. Uh, I know you're a gamer, and I have a few questions. Uh, what console do you game on at home? Uh, what games are you playing right now? And if you had only one game you could play, dot, dot, dot. Love that. I love the open-endedness of that. So yeah, let's start which the child is your favorite, Mitchell, at the same time <laughs> oh, while please. we're here? Never ask me to pick that. Never ask a gamer to pick their favorite. Uh, so I know you're a gamer. Uh, let's see. What is what am I what am I playing right now? That that's actually pretty easy. Uh, I've been playing Destiny two uh, fairly obsessively because my my son is playing it with his friends, and I'm trying to keep up so that if they have a party, a strike, or a raid they're doing, I won't be left behind by being underpowered. So I've been playing the heck out of <laughs> Destiny two. NHL. Well, I have to have good reasons. Um, uh, I've been playing NHL eighteen. You know, whenever new NHL comes out from EA Sports, I have to play it because I've been playing since the Genesis days, and I know I'm dating myself here, uh, but I'm a big NHL fan. And, you know, I, I tend to mix in other games as well. I've been playing Overwatch for a long time. I'm going to get back into Witcher and Fallout 4. So, But, you know, I think right now Destiny and NHL are my obsession, and I hope uh, all of you are enjoying those games as well. What's my uh, console of choice at home? Well, you should know, Mark and I are both the same in this way. We both have all the consoles, uh, and there are games to be enjoyed, especially first-party games. There are certain games you can only play on the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, we get that. Mm, Again, my daily driver 
is the Xbox One. All things being equal, if there's a multi-platform game, I'm likely to get it on the Xbox One because most of my friends and family are on Xbox One. And to me, the multiplayer experience is best when it comes to Xbox. And Mark, I think for a lot of people picking a console, yes, you know, they have different features, but it always ends up being what your friends and family slash, you know, what you get the best connectivity on. And for me, it's Xbox One. Yeah, I hate to admit that we're influenced uh, so closely by our friends and family, but of course, you know, that tends to be where we lean. Well, you know, I mean, gaming is a multiplayer, you know, gaming multiplayer stuff. You want to be on the same console. We haven't reached a point yet. I know Microsoft is getting there where they're trying to unify the platforms where everyone can play together regardless of your affiliation. But we haven't quite gotten there yet. So for now, I'm I'm calling myself an Xbox One gamer. Okay, last one. Uh, If you could pick only one game, dot, dot, dot. Now, this is tricky. Again, you know, it's like picking your favorite child, which I I refuse to do. Uh, I think to myself, okay, I I use the analogy if I were on a desert island and I can only take one game. I don't know why I go there, but it's like an old school sort of, if you're on a desert island, you can only have one game. And then I think to myself, wait a minute, so many games these days, Mark, are multiplayer. So does this desert island have internet? So so just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say the desert island, because it's my fantasy, my desert island does have internet because some games that people love. Yeah, it's a nice desert island. Just come visit me sometime. No, that wouldn't be just, you know, of course, I wouldn't be deserted then. But uh, so this one does have Internet. So in case my game was multiplayer, I could choose it. So if I could choose only one, Mark, drum roll, please. Thank you very much. That game would be Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. Uh, yeah, I know it's been out for a while. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, there's so many other games. Again, it's a personal thing. Uh, the Diablo series from Blizzard has been one of my favorites for over a decade. And uh, they, uh, to me, Diablo 3, they, they really nailed it. And, Mark, one thing I love about Blizzard is they're constantly evolving their games for free. They're constantly adding free updates to the games that make them relevant. They have new seasons, uh, new loot, new bosses, new areas, a new character that you actually had to pay a little bit for, the Necromancer. But... I don't care about that. Uh, it's a game to me that continues to bring me joy. It, the replayability is endless. So if I had to pick only one on my desert island, along with my favorite delicatessen and burger joint, and hopefully a gastroenterologist to help me, the, the game would be Diablo 3. How do you like that? I, I, I love it. So you got a question? Uh, ask your tech report. It, uh, email us. Contact at yourtechreport.com. If, if you want to do it on Twitter, go ahead. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report. And of course, if it happens to be related to a YouTube video, check out YouTube.com slash your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We're going to wrap up this week's show with a bang. We've got Google on the line next. There's more your tech report after this. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Marco Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Follow along on Twitter, Mitchell. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Mitchell, I'm excited because, you know, as, as you know, and followers of our YouTube channel know that we yes. had, we, you know, we, we were talking about giveaways. And our, our, our most recent giveaway was between two items. And we're going to get to the second item, I promise. So obviously we're giving away <laughs> that, that, Bose, that Bose SoundLink speaker. But the other option, right. which was so marginally close, was Google Home, the smart speaker, you know, the voice controlled smart speaker. So I reached out to Google a couple weeks ago. And, and with the miracle of timing and pre-recording and fun stuff, we have <laughs> Maria Cordellucci, public affairs for all of Google hardware in Canada. Sorry, communications manager at Google Canada. Welcome to your tech report. Hi, thank you. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. Maria, you must be refreshed because I know you were on vacation for a bit of time there. And, and, and now you're just diving back into the back to school season, right? Oh yeah, back to school is super fun. Um, but it was it was nice to get a little bit of a break before uh, before getting ready and, and you know making breakfasts and lunches for. For students and kids and all that jazz. Yeah, no, I definitely, I trust, trust me, I definitely feel your pain. I'm still trying to get used to getting up even earlier than I had to in the summer. It's kind of a pain. Oh, it is a pain. I hate waking up early. <laughs> so, so we're so excited to talk to you because, you know, a title like yours oversees a lot at Google Canada. And on the hardware side, Mitchell and I were talking off the air. There's not a lot of Google hardware, but, but when you think about things like Android, Google's all over the place. How do you, how do you manage to kind of prioritize during the day? Oh, well, you know, it's it's tough, but it, it has been really exciting, especially over over this last year, because we actually just introduced our our made by Google hardware family um, last last year, which includes a bunch of different new fun hardware products like Wi-Fi and Pixel and Home and Daydream View. Um, so it, it's been great to be able to kind of have this awesome hardware that shows off our software, which is um, of course our our Android ecosystem. 
Um, so it, it's fun. It, it's hard to prioritize which ones, you know, which products I like the best. But they're they're all great, and they all work together, which is one of my favorite parts. Well, and that's what I, that's what I think Google has done right from the start is that when they built an ecosystem, the ecosystem just so naturally fit together. Whereas if you look at some other companies, it seems like it took a little time for things to work cohesively together. But Google's always been doing it right from the start. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really fantastic point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we do have, I mean, Google's been in the, the tech industry for, for years. Google is a tech company, and we have a lot of smarts, uh, experience in AI, experience in software, um, which has been fantastic. I mean, just looking at Android alone, we've got around 2 billion active Android devices worldwide. So really, really a lot of users. Um, so it was really important for us to, um, when we were bringing our Made by Google family to fruition, to make sure that we had... Um, hardware that uh, could really showcase that software and that Google Smarts. Um, so things like the Google Assistant are kind of features that are only things that Google can do um, just because we have had those decades of experience in machine learning and AI and software development. So it's really exciting. Now, Maria, I know, we, I know we have a lot to talk about, especially when we're talking about Android Oreo and all the new features and all the new enhancements. But I, I want to talk big picture for a second because that's the advantage of having you on the show where you can talk, you can speak to hardware and software. There, there, there is the public wanting to jump on. There are plenty of people that still haven't jumped onto Android. Uh, some people are intimidated. Some people are always intimidated by something new. Let's say they're an iOS user, but they want to experience, they want to get their foot wet into Android. Do you find that a product like Google Home uh, a hardware like that that is so accessible, voice commands, giving information, is sort of a, gate, a great gateway product to bring people into the Google ecosystem that maybe were intimidated by Android or didn't know what, they, what to expect. They were coming from another platform. Something like Google Home that's so accessible. Do you think that's a great crossover product that can introduce people to Google and the Android ecosystem? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I think Google Home is a really fantastic um, channel for the Google Assistant in particular. Um, so uh, it is uh, something that we've designed to basically, like my parents, my mom, who is, you know, she's almost 67 years old. I got her a Google Home for her birthday in July, and she loved it. She was able to set it up by herself. Um, she was able to use it on her own. Um, she loved the fact that she could ask it different questions. It could help her throughout her day manage new tasks or playing music or helping come up with cooking recipes. Um, and it was something that, like, you know, my 67-year-old mom had no problem doing and no problem setting up. So definitely I think some of our products, um, particularly like the Google Home, are made um, for all sorts of users. So not just those uh, Android-specific um, fans, and you don't have to be incredibly tech-savvy to use it. Um, it's made for just, like, the general consumer in mind. Um, so anyone can use it. And I definitely think, like, to your point, like, Google Home is a really fantastic introduction to um, the Google Assistant in particular, which is kind of part of the Android ecosystem. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people still, there's an intimidation factor. They think they have to be, oh, if I'm going to go to Android, Android has so many cool things, so many cool features. I have to be so tech savvy. I'll never get to use them all, but it's like anything else. It's an experience that you can sort of scale to what you want or need. That's why I think people need to know about products. Like, oh, I can step in. I don't have to go knee deep in numbers and specs. I can actually just jump in, have it take care of my daily routine. And I think that's, like you said, that's where something like Google Home really helps make that transition. Like, oh, Android is great. Android is easy. I can do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's totally, totally true. And especially something like the Google Assistant. Um, so we introduced the Google Assistant last year, um, and it's basically kind of an easy way for users to talk to Google. Um, again, like we've been evolving, um, we've been heavily investing in machine learning and AI and have been evolving to be more helpful for users. And the Google Assistant in particular is kind of one of the first places where all of this kind of, where all of this comes together. So you can think of it almost as having a conversation with Google in order to help you get things done in your world. And the goal of the Google Assistant is for it to be kind of the same personal assistant across all of your different contexts and devices, whether it's, you know, your Android phone or it's your Google Home device or it's, you know, it's your Pixel phone. So we basically built this assistant to make things easier for consumers wherever they are. And it's awesome because you, you basically just activate it using um, a hot word. So you can say, okay, Google, or hey, Google, and you can ask it for things. You can get it to play your music. Um, you can ask it to give you a briefing of your news day. You can, if you set it up with um, different types of uh, smart, uh, some of our partners, we partnered with a couple of different smart things devices. So if you hook it up to those, you can use it to control your TV, turn on your coffee maker, um, and control other smart devices around the home, like a Nest thermostat or 
or, um, or, or things like that. So it's really made to be like super easy to set up um, and to do all of these things simply by using your voice. Um, so you don't need to like have an understanding of like technology to really like or to have to get into the nitty gritty and to be able to set it up and use it. You know, Maria, I wanted I, I wanted I wanted to dispel a myth for a second, which is that you don't also have to be an Android, you know, Android phone user to experience no. with experience assistant. I mean, this is available cross platform. Exactly. So you can have um, uh, you can use the assistant um, uh, on iPhone devices. You can use it, or will, you will be able to use it on iPhone devices soon. And you can use it on other other Android devices. It's really it's really fantastic. Like you don't necessarily have to have an Android phone to be able to experience it. Now, now, Maria, you know, our show airs also on, other than SiriusXM, on a network called AMI, which is Accessible Media, which is a, a channel de- devoted to people who are blind or are partially sighted. And it's amazing the reaction I've received when talking about Google Assistant to, to that specific uh, group of people, because the ability to use their voice mm-hmm. to do things they weren't able to see on the screen necessarily is absolutely game-changing. Yeah, that's a lovely, lovely, lovely bonus for us. I think anything we can do to just help all users, no matter who they are or what their backgrounds are, just make their lives easier by being able to use your voice uh, makes us happy. So I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. That That's wonderful. Now, obviously, Google Assistant, you know, from whether it's on the, on the home speaker or whether it's on Android devices, it ties so well into this newest version of Android and the operating system, Oreo. Can you tell us some of the things, the new things that come to the table thanks to the integration of the Assistant? Oh, that's great. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm really happy that you um, asked that question because uh, right with with Android Oreo, what we wanted to do was um, bring more useful and fluid experiences on the phone to our users while still keeping it quite safe and stable. Um, so it's actually kind of funny. Like one of the one of the things that is different this year is that we we turned Android Oreo into like a superhero character. So when we refer to the new software features, um, we try to call them like. Android Oreo superpowers to help <laughs> That's cool. make the li- I know it's fun to like help make the lives of uh, because they help make the lives of our users easier and more fun. So we have a couple different new features um, such as picture in picture, Android Instant Apps, and Autofill um, that basically help users navigate their devices more seamlessly between their apps. So picture in picture, for example, um, it lets you text, it lets you browse the web, it lets you read emails while watching a YouTube video. So it's really seamless and really easy. Um, and then you also get these like really fun notification dots that, like, that let you quickly see what's new in the app right from the home screen. And you can like ease, you can easily clear them by swiping away. And then in addition to that, we also offer support for Android Instant Apps, which basically lets you teleport directly into new apps without any installation needed. Um, so those are a couple of new changes. We also introduced some improvements on just security overall and, and just vitals. Um, so you can get started on tasks more quickly. Um, so there's a faster, like with Android Oreo, there's a much faster boot speed when you power up your phone. Um, and according to some of our internal data, actually, if you have a Pixel, it's up to twice as fast, which is really, I do, and it's, and it's quite speedy. So, like, I'm, I'm quite impatient when it comes to my phone, so when I turn <laughs> it on, it turns on. It's great. Um, we also have more battery and memory. Um, so Android lets you minimize background activity in the apps that you use the least. So it's just smart. It's like using Google AI and Google Smarts to just make sure that you're maximizing your phone for, um, for what it is. So for my, myself, for example, like, I use a Google Pixel, I literally don't have to worry about charging it before I go to bed. I wake up in the morning, I charge it for 15 minutes before I leave at the house, and it will last me all day. It's fantastic. And Android Oil was designed to even improve that further. So really exciting stuff um, and really um, really awesome new changes that – or superpowers, should I say, that <laughs> we're excited to bring to Canadians. Well, you know, one, and I'm not saying this because you're on the show. This is something Mark and I talk about on the air, off the air. The Pixel and the Pixel XL, two of our favorite devices of the past year. Hands oh, down, amazing. brilliant. Oh, it, it's just, you know, just a great device all around. But let's talk about, you know, the challenge of creating a platform. In this case, the latest version of Android Oreo, of course. The, the challenge of creating a platform, creating software that has to work on so many devices by so many manufacturers that aren't necessarily Google products like the, like the, you know, the Pixel and the Pixel XL. Talk about the challenge of creating software that has to work across so many different devices. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's a really, that's a really great question. Um, uh, working with partners is really important to us. Like, as you know, our, our Android ecosystem is open, um, and that's been something that's existed since 
since the beginning of Android. Um, so we have um, a really extensive Android beta and developer programs that we that help introduce developers and tech savvy users to the platform before we do our wider public release. Um, and basically, it lets our developers start building and experimenting with the platform, and is a great way for us to get feedback and iterate on the go. Um, so it, 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 this is great for us because it helps to make the Android ecosystem and the Android release that much stronger when we do widen it to the public. Um, and again, like user feedback is really important to us. So when we do roll out Android um, Oreo, when we do roll out our Android releases, we roll them out in batches. Um, so we start with a small percentage of devices, and then we check for problems, we iterate, we fix them, we improve, and we continuously roll them out um, to all users um, uh, across, the, uh, across devices. Um, so that, those, those things are really important to us, like making sure that we um, have this open ecosystem and that we can, we can in, bring developers in early and bring users in early to test out the product and build for it um, for all of our partners. What, what devices can we expect to see Oreo on in terms of the rollout? Right. That's, oh, I love that you asked this question. So um, we started rolling out Oreo last, uh, or late last month, um, and we brought it to Pixel, Nexus uh, Nexus. Uh, uh, 5X and 6P devices. Um, we're rolling it out in phases alongside Pixel C and Nexus players. Um, and we're also, by the end of the year, um, we'll have hardware makers like uh, Essential, HTC, Motorola, Nokia, Samsung, Sharp, Sony, ton of them are all kind of scheduled to be launching or upgrading their new devices to Android 8.0 Oreo. Now, just out of curiosity, what, 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 why the time delay? Is that something that just because they're, they're working on their particular apps and their particular skinning of it? Yeah, it's just about the way we manage the rollout. Like, there we have, again, like, 2 billion Android devices globally. So it just takes some time to make sure that it's rolled out properly to devices across across all our partners. Now, is there anything you can tell us maybe on the record about a new Pixel? (laughs) (laughs) We have no news. I love that question. We have no news to share yet, but we will be having an exciting year. Yeah, we we, I I can say that. We call that the rhetorical question that we hope to maybe break somebody one day. Maria, what you, what you don't nice, know is... Nice what, try, guys. Nice yeah. try. Yeah, well, here, what I was going to tell you is, you know, because, you know, Mark is in Montreal, I'm in Los Angeles, when we do the radio show, we're usually on Skype so we can see each other. So when Mark started to sneak into the microphone and make what I call sneaky question face, I knew what he was going to ask you. I was like, oh, here he comes. He's sneaking in with sneaky question face. So I kind of knew the whole thing was coming. Listen, it's, it's a question I get not just from press. I get it from my family. I get it from <laughs> friends. I get it from many, many people. So no news to share at this time is what I can say. <laughs> okay, we'll take it. But you, could, you, could you do me a favor, though? Do you mind? Do you think maybe you can come back on the show when there is some news to talk uh, about? Absolutely. I would love to come back. That would be fantastic. Awesome. Maria, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We're such big fans of Google. I mean, obviously, I've used every single product since since it began. I, I love the new speaker. We're going to be doing a giveaway of that uh, soon. We've got some other stuff going on, but we're going to be doing a giveaway of that soon. And, and we cannot wait to get our hands on, uh, on Oreo, quite honestly. Wonderful. That makes me really happy to hear. Thanks, guys. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm 
Connie Thiessen, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.